Morning. Today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one is speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. It's my pleasure to talk to you this morning about the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited about this as I wholeheartedly believe that it is the presence and work of the Holy Spirit that not only sanctifies the believer, but empowers the church to walk according to the vision God has given it for fulfilling his commission and keeping his commandments. So I, I want to show you today, I'm going to start by showing you the role of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture before then discussing the significance of his empowerment in the church today and challenging us to really seek that out. We're going to start by praying together. Holy Spirit, I thank you that your word says you guide us in all truth. And I ask today that we would be drawn to hear your voice, that, that the words I say would, would, would draw each and every person here in this to look to you, to engage with you, to encounter you and to be led in truth by you. I ask that you would transform us, you would renew our minds as we study your word this morning. Amen. The presence and the power of Holy Spirit is prevalent throughout scripture. In Genesis 1, we see that he is there before God even starts creating, his presence hovering over the face of the water. You see, the entirety of creation is formed in the context of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he is at work in creation. His, his presence is a source of comfort and love. And despite the obscurity of him in the Old Testament, we see his gifts at work throughout it. I see uh, many of the Old Testament heroes are empowered with prototypes of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, this is explicitly mentioned in Exodus 31, where uh, Bezalel is filled with the Spirit of God uh, so he can be a skilled craftsman for the tabernacle. And as we journey through the Old Testament, we see Solomon given the gift of wisdom and knowledge. We see Joseph and Daniel interpreting dreams, not to mention countless prophets such as Samuel and Nathan and Isaiah. Just like the pre-incarnate word, Holy Spirit was at work throughout the Old Testament, but his time had not yet come for him to be revealed. However, we do get a picture of his revealing. In Joel chapter 2 is the, the famous verses that Peter quotes at Pentecost. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. 
In this picture, we receive a promise that the gifts and empowerment of Holy Spirit will not just be for the select few, as in the Old Testament, but indeed for all people, for everyone of his newfound church. As we kind of journey into the New Testament, the word of God is manifest in the person of Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit to give his life as a ransom for many, so that through his sacrifice, we might inherit eternal life and partake in his kingdom, of which the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives is given as a guarantee of this kingdom a guarantee of this this sonship we receive. So throughout his ministry, Jesus spoke of the outpouring and work of the Holy Spirit as a continuation of the Father's plan to which Jesus himself was obedient. In John 14 verse 16, Jesus promises another helper. And this word uh, uh, there is the Greek word alos, and it, it means of the same substance, the same holy substance, the same holy mission, is is between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They both have those. Another helper. Holy Spirit perfectly displays and witnesses of both the Father and the Son. We come to John chapter 16, verse 7, and Jesus says that it is better that he ascends so that the Holy Spirit comes. And we ask ourselves, why is this? Firstly, because Holy Spirit dwells with us and is in us. He is sanctifying us and he is transforming us and he is guiding and comforting us in a way that Jesus in human form would not. Holy Spirit is constantly all of these things to us. So does that mean we kind of we forget about Jesus, put him on the shelf and move on? No, of course not. In John 16, Jesus is speaking of Holy Spirit and he says this. This is, this is important. It says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You know, God is one, and just as the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell within Jesus, so too the fullness of the Godhead dwells within Holy Spirit, who continues to represent God to man and continues to fulfill the will of the Father. Holy Spirit glorifies Christ by taking his victory and causes it to be applied in each of our lives. In fact, our passage today says that we can't even say Jesus is Lord unless we're inspired by Holy Spirit. And this is so important that the relationship between the Trinity is, is beautiful. Holy Spirit loves to glorify the life and ministry of Christ to all mankind. He honors him and he loves him. Holy Spirit does this in, in three main ways. Firstly, he regenerates and sanctifies the believer, continuing the work of Christ by training us in holiness You know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now glorifies Christ by raising each of us, his people, to enjoy his eternal kingdom as sons of God. Secondly, he reveals and he guides us in all truth, reminding and witnessing of the work of Christ. He reveals heaven and God's strategy, and he reveals his own presence in his manifestations. His most important revelation is that of the Bible itself, All scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired by Holy Spirit. And thirdly, Holy Spirit empowers God's people to build up his church, to advance the kingdom and to share the gospel effectively. Now you may be wondering why I'm spending so much time teaching of the, the nature and the work of the Holy Spirit instead of kind of focusing on his gifts and his fruit. And I will get there. 
But this is important. When we understand the role of Holy Spirit in the master plan of God, we begin to realize that his presence, the the fruit of our relationship with him, the empowerment of his gifts, they're not an optional extra, but they're essentials of our faith. They're key components of God's master plan to be eagerly desired and honored amongst the saints. All of this really informs the way we preach and teach here at St. Matthew's. You know, our intention in, in preaching is to not to try and impress you with our own knowledge, but challenge and encourage you to engage with God so that by his Holy Spirit, he can teach you, he can convict you, he can sanctify you and empower you in ways that I can't even dream of doing personally. This is my goal in preaching, not to cause you to look at me, but to cause you to look to him receive from him, be transformed by him. I, I really mean it. If, if he starts speaking to you, if he starts showing you stuff, then, then I'm happy for you, for you to have that conversation while I'm preaching. I'll just carry on preaching and you can have that. My, my goal is to see you engage with him because he can love you and, and transform you in, in ways that I cannot. Why don't we just take a second and look to him now? Just take a second to look to him. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You know exactly what we need to hear this morning. You know exactly where, where we need to see a breakthrough in our lives. You know exactly where we need to be transformed. You know exactly where we need healing. You know and search the mind and heart of every single one of us here. Would you come this morning and would you lead us and teach us and guide us and transform us, empower us for your purpose in our lives? Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. I'm really excited about this preach. So I'm going to start talking about the fruits and the gifts, uh, give you what you came here for. Um, <coughs> the fruits of the Spirit are of the Spirit. They're not ours, but His. A natural consequence of Him dwelling within us. Like any fruit, they grow as we tend to them. They grow as we tend to our relationship with Holy Spirit. They are fruits of intimacy and relationship with Holy Spirit. They're a fruit of our time with him. Not only that, but the fruits are not just any love, any joy, any peace. They are supercharged, supernatural fruits direct from God. It's not just any old joy. It's joy on the worst day of your life. It's not just any self-control, but the self-control which empowered Christ through the temptations. It's not just any love, but the love which allows us to love our enemies, to love one another the way Christ loves us. That is a big love. And it, the Bible says it's completely impossible without the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot please God unless you are walking with the Spirit. That's Romans 8.8. 8. And because you are supernatural, because these fruits are supernatural, you cannot manufacture his fruits. They are his. You've, you've just got to enjoy them. It's not like a, a lemon tree can suddenly start growing oranges or that I can make myself joyful if I just... It doesn't work like that. There's no shortcut. They're a byproduct of relationship. So if you feel you're, you feel you're short of some of his fruit, you wouldn't be the only one. Maybe you've been a bit quick-tempered. Maybe you're just a bit miserable. Maybe you're, you're lacking self-control. It's time to tend to that relationship with Holy Spirit. Trust me, your, your spouse, your kids, your colleagues, your neighbours, they will really appreciate it if you do. 
you're shine for him if you do. And, and they can thank me later for telling you to go and do it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits of relationship with Holy Spirit. Oh, to see those grow in our lives. That, that's a joy for us and a joy for God. The gifts are a bit different. In fact, they're, they're almost completely different. They're, they're translated in scripture as charismata, which basically means gifts of grace. These gifts are received without any merit, i.e. it's a gift given to your possession, not a raw reward for anything you have done. And this means that unlike the fruit of the Spirit, you can move in the gifts, signs, wonders and miracles, yet have terrible character. And we've seen this throughout history, you know, gifted men and women operating in the power and promises of God, yet struggling with character flaws and often immorality. Spiritual gifts aren't an indicator of your relationship with God. You just asked for something and he gave it to you. You believed in the promises of God and received it. So you can't earn the gifts. They are given as Holy Spirit wills. All are gifted, but not all of us are given every gift. However, we are called to eagerly desire them, to ask for them and practice them into maturity. In this eager desire, I believe it is possible to operate in the power of the Spirit, even if you don't have the gift. And what do I mean by this is, uh, there's a good example where Paul, says it's my desire for all to prophesy in 1 Corinthians 14 yet he states in earlier in that passage that not all are prophets we see this even in the old testament where king Saul prophesies despite not being a prophet that's 1 Samuel chapter 10 in a way it's like us playing football we can all desire to play football uh, some of us are a bit better than others you know some have been given a gift and some of us haven't and it doesn't mean you can't try and play football you can you you can play the game but it'd be foolish to chase a career in football if you're a gifted painter. So eagerly desire them. But at the same time, it, it's, it's kind of our, it's to our joy to recognize the gifts he has given us. We all have gifts. So why don't you take a second now to just ask God what gifts he has given you? Maybe it's a gift of healing or encouragement. Maybe you're called to operate as an evangelist or as an apostle. Let's take a second and ask. Holy Spirit, would you come and show us the gift you have given us? Would you come and cause our hearts to eagerly desire to, to live the way you've called us to live, to use the gifts you have freely given us for your glory? Show us, Holy Spirit, reveal these to us. What I would say on this is, unless God has, has sat you down and specifically said which gifts are and aren't yours, then eagerly desire every gift he has placed in your heart. He's more than capable of revealing the right ones to us. Most importantly of all, in all of this in the talk of the gifts, let your motive be love. Our passage in 1 Corinthians 12 continues into 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul makes it clear the gifts are given to empower us to love God and to serve each other. And as such, this is the human heart which, within which the gifts thrive. The gifts of the Spirit are designed for lives full of the Spirit. Let me say this again, because this is really important. The gifts of the Spirit are designed to thrive in lives that are full of the Spirit. 
lives that practice wholeheartedly loving God and serving his mission to all mankind. You know, we have healing rooms at church. Vic and Judy run the healing rooms. They're amazing. You know, they don't run them so they can boast in their gifts. They run it because they they just want to love hurting people. You know, we have Carl. I, I really miss Carl in church. You know, Carl doesn't shout out amen every two minutes to get a bit of fame. <laughs> Carl shouts amen every two minutes because he has a heart and a gift to encourage. Even speaking in tongues, which, which we know 1 Corinthians 14 says it's primarily to build up oneself. My motivation when speaking in tongues in a public space is to worship God so I can lead from that direct flow of communion with him. So the result of me even speaking in tongues is because I want to love the body. Let your motive for desiring and practicing the gifts be the love of the giver and love for his people. The gifts are are described primarily through five portions of scripture and and life groups are going to get my notes and I've got tons of references in here for you to look through. They're, they're essential to the continued ministry of the gospel and the building of God's church. And this is really our why today, why we're sharing about this. The whole series we're doing is about rediscovering God's purpose for the church. And I believe wholeheartedly that scripture teaches that God's purpose for the church can only be realized by God's power in the church. I'm going to say it again because this is, this is the crux of what I'm trying to say. God's purpose for the church can only be realized by God's power in the church. We must embrace Holy Spirit. We must embrace the fruits of his presence in our lives. We must embrace the gifts of his power. And this is one of our core values as a church. God's abiding presence, embracing God's presence, fruits and gifts daily to live empowered lives. It's not an optional extra It's not something we just pay lip service to. You know, whilst talking to the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, ask and you will receive. So if we are truly eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts, we will receive them. That's what the Bible says. But desire is not passive, it is active. Desire looks like stepping out in faith. Desire looks like practicing the gifts, not afraid to risk or fail. There's no space for false humility. You have been given a gift don't hide it. Recognize it. Use it. Don't hide your light. Use it. Let it shine because it's for everyone around you. Often the things that hold us back are fear. Fear nothing happens. Fear something happens. You know, fear that, that we would look weird or out of control. And I want to say to you this morning, the only thing more scary than a church that looks a little crazy is a church safely in boxes resisting the move of Holy Spirit. I want to pray together as we finish up this morning. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. More of your presence. Manifest around us. More of the fruit of relationship with you in our lives. More of the empowerment of your gifts that we would really run in them to see your your church, your body build up, but secondly, uh, uh, alongside that, to see your mission accomplished to mankind. Would you empower us to witness of the beauty of Christ, of his work of salvation? Would the gospel we preach be accompanied by the evidence of your kingdom at work? 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you to move afresh in this church. We recognize that, that God, your purpose for, for mankind, for salvation, is, is, is reliant on the power of the Holy Spirit working in the church. And so we welcome you this morning. And this is for each of us to do, each of us to pray. This is not about one person. Each of us needs to pray this prayer that says, Holy Spirit, we want to see you move afresh in this church. And we want to see our lives transformed as a result because we want to be the most excellent witnesses you have called us to be. We honor your presence here this morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you. You glorify the Father. You glorify the Son. And you apply every bit of the work of the cross to our lives. And so we receive you this morning. Come move upon us. Amen.